Hello, and welcome to the Connected Community Podcast. Today, I interview Graham Benjamin about cannabis. And Graham has been in this arena for many decades, starting out as a consumer, a black market dealer, a grower, and a medical cannabis consultant. And so today we break open the myths and the facts surrounding cannabis. We talk about the different ways to ingest cannabis and the pros and cons of each, how to figure out and determine the correct dosage for you, the many uses of cannabis, and also how most CBD products on the market are inactivated, making them completely ineffective. I learned so much about cannabis on this episode. Graham is a wealth of knowledge, and this was super interesting, and he has some really interesting and fun stories to share. I also want to make it clear that I am not condoning the use of cannabis, especially under the age of 21. And as parents and adults, I feel that we have a really big responsibility to keep these products away from our children, to lock them up, especially edibles that can be detrimental for children. So I hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Connected Community Podcast, a place to explore possibility through mindfulness, movement, and self-discovery. Our intention is to deliver insight and inspiration while fostering conversations that are genuine, unfiltered, and deeply human. We hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hello, Graham. How are you today? Doing good. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. I want to welcome you to the Connected Community Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. And um, today we're going to talk about everything cannabis. <laughs> within reason. So it's always good to add within reason after stuff because there's so much. There's so yeah. So let's start with kind of your history and background in this field. What what your experience is? I know you've worked in the field for a long time in a lot of different capacities, and so let's start there with um, your background. Yeah. So um, it's been a long road, uh, an interesting one. Uh, I started as basically like a black market dealer from about the ages of fourteen on to. <laughs> late 30s. And uh, from the get-go, um, I knew right off the bat that like cannabis was something extremely special. Um, oddly enough, like when I was in like seventh, seventh grade and I really saw it for the first time, something in my brain said, that's going to be a huge part of your life and you need to know about that. And I didn't, I didn't really know why. But then later as I grew up, I'm like, oh my God, now, now I see like this thing and I'm not even using hyperbole, could save the planet. Like it provides all five basic needs for society. It provides us with everything and it's renewable. Why is this illegal? Mm -hmm. like, what five illegal? things, Graham? So, so food, shelter, mm -hmm. clothing, fuel, and medicine. Mm -hmm. Those are like the five things that a society basically needs. All of those are easily provided by the cannabis plant. All of them. Mm -hmm. something like 70%, maybe 80 of everything you could see like right now, even in, in my background, this, all of this, the walls, the walling, the flooring, the case for the phone, the stand with the, the paint on the wall, all that could be renewable cannabis. Mm -hmm. So it's funny. Cause like, even right now, I haven't even mentioned smoking or the medical benefits. 
just the societal <laughs> mm-hmm. benefits. So uh, pretty early as a kid, I realized this is this is not anything negative. Like what what's going on? Um, mm-hmm. So after dealing for a while, then I went to growing and did growing for a long time. Went to California, ran a mm-hmm. couple big gardens, grew hundreds and hundreds of pounds, and that was really fun at first, but got mm-hmm. really dangerous and scary. What and year was this? Was it before it was legalized? And I was going down there for a while as what they call a trimmer. So mm-hmm. about every fall uh, from October, to November, thousands of people from all over the world even come to Northern California to trim for the, all the illicit and all the medical grows. And if you saw, I did like a little eh, medical grow face because to the feds, there is no medical. Right. So your medical doesn't really protect you from the only people who care. So you're working in this quasi gray area of I'm protected by the state. I have this 215 script. I have this thing saying that the local sheriff can't mess with me, Mm -hmm. but the local sheriff was never going to mess with me. It's the DEA who's going to take my life away. Right. They don't care about the medical. Mm -hmm. And a lot of gangs started coming up from uh, California and really whole area got really spooky. Um, Mm -hmm. The biggest gang. what, tell yeah. me a little bit more about that. What happened and how did that impact you directly? So I was starting as, as a, what they would call a trimmigrant. That'd be basically like an immigrant trimmer. That's like the term they would use for everyone to come in. And mm-hmm. uh, that'd be like 2000 to 2013. And then 2000, like 10 to 13, I was growing down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it got, it got pretty nuts pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so it was. It was interesting to see it because I've basically seen it from the eyes of um, a regular consumer, uh, a black market dealer, a grower that we made every kind of hash under the sun, everything from traditional Lebanese blonde to like modern day shatters and all kinds of things. You don't see as many what they call shatter in the market now, um, mm-hmm. but it used to be really popular. Mm-hmm. So before we go into that, I, I'm curious, like, was, were you ever on the property when gangs came in and like, how did so that go down? I had a few, few bad interactions. Uh, and with the gangs, the problem is you not necessarily going on their property, but you unfortunately going into public land that they're controlling. You might be going and having a fun little hike in the woods. And all of a sudden there's two guys with AK-47 standing in front of you. So I had a lot of those kind of interactions where you're mm-hmm. in the woods like, oh, I can't go down this road anymore. No. And uh, we had a fair amount of people. There's a lot of what they call water wars. Easy stuff over a river. Because if your group needs 1,200 gallons of water that morning mm-hmm. and the people below you on the river need 1,200 gallons of water that morning and the people below them need 1,200 gallons of water that morning. That river's not big. They, they're small. Mm-hmm. So they end up basically fighting up the mountain to get control of the top spring. Uh, and that's where it gets spooky. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you something. Is it correct that in the states where marijuana is um, legal, medically or recreationally, that is legal within the state system, but not the federal system. And so there's some like weird things about um, usage and growing and things like that. Can you explain mm-hmm. that a little bit to me? Because I don't quite 100%. understand it. You, there's a reason you don't, because most people don't, including the state, local and federal governments. 
A fantastic example would be a group, and this would be a fun thing to research. They're called Kettle Falls Five. They're a group of people that I that I knew, and they were they had a uh, um, a medical cannabis grow in Eastern Washington, and it was an older gentleman and his wife and a couple of my friends and their kids. He had really bad uh, cancer. He was using it to treat a lot of illnesses, and they had all the proper paperwork. They had all the the stuff, and there were some fires nearby. And so a neighbor or someone that was helicoptering around called it in and said, hey, go check out this grow. So the, the police came, the local sheriffs came, they checked it out. They're like, okay, you got, you know, I see you got a couple hundred plants, but they're two different farms. Everything looks legit. No worries. They left. A week later, the DEA came, mm-hmm. raided the entire place, handcuffed, arrested everyone, guns out. And when they come, it's like, they're coming to take out some giant narco group. And mind you, they had already been to this home. Mm-hmm. So they already knew this wasn't some giant gang network thing. This was just a family mm-hmm. growing a little bit of their medical cannabis. And they had, they had a fair amount there because he was making oils. And to make the oils, you need a lot. Mm-hmm. And so to the DA, they're like, oh, these people have this massive operation they're selling. So they got arrested and they got charged in a state where it's legal and they had all Mm -hmm. the proper paperwork and they couldn't even use the word medical in court. They had to blur out images from the helicopter of their green cross over their garden because it doesn't exist to the feds. So legalized recreational cannabis or medical is basically a hoax because Mm -hmm. to the only people that matter, it's not real. Right. So your entire life, your entire business, everything, even if you do everything right, according to the state law, at any point in time, feds can come in and take it all from you and -hmm. just walk away. But if we go back earlier to what I was saying, if 80% of everything you could see can be made out of cannabis, that's a lot of jobs that Mm -hmm. we don't really need people to be having. Well, that's separating cannabis into... CBD usage and hemp versus THC, which is what gets you high, right? When you smoke marijuana or take in it other forms. So when you're saying it has all these usages, it's very broad. Yeah. And and that's one of the things is it should be broad. Um, Mm -hmm. And when we try to narrow it, we get incorrect classifications. Mm -hmm. So for example, when people are like, oh, well, this, this, this CBD is hemp derived. Well, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Hemp is a fibrous byproduct of cannabis, void of cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. You've taken all that out. It's it's the it's the stuff you make from it. Right. It's a product. It's like apple cider comes from an apple tree, but you don't call mm-hmm. apple trees apple cider. You call them an apple tree. You, can you can't do smoke of, hemp. <laughs> you can't smoke hemp. I mean, you can smoke plastic bags, but you don't <laughs> want to. No. Uh, so. You know, all of the stuff in the supplement industry, the dog food industry, all of that stuff outside of a cannabis store is unactivated CBD. None of it's real. If it is, I would like to see the evidence. I've seen tons of uh, even material safety data sheets, all the testing stuff from the companies. It's all mm-hmm. fake. It's all a straight up lie because they're supplement. What, what is? What is? So, what are you talking so about? For example, if I go to Bartell Drugs and I see CBD gummies, mm-hmm. there's no activated CBD in those. And no, there's I, not. I the, 
They 100% not. It takes so much flowering female cannabis plants because that's where the cannabinoids are in the terpenes of the flowering bud. There's not that many in the stock. Like, you're like, oh, it's all the CBDs in the stock. So how come in my dispensary, we can barely fill our shelves with CBD products? What are the CBD yeah. products out there that people claim, you know, CBD balm that they put on their body and it heals pain and things like oh, that? So uh, there's a few factors. One just could be regular good creams like emu oil. If you're not vegan, uh, emu oil is one of the best um, topicals on the planet. And in fact, mm -hmm. using that as a base for your, your cannabis extract. That's one of the best for your skin because it actually opens up uh, your epidermal, epidermal layers, actually allows the cannabinoids to get into the body. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of those, they're just decent creams, but the, the cannabinoids aren't going to get into you if they're even present. And they're mm -hmm. definitely not going to break the blood-brain barrier. So like I could pour a bottle of Jack Daniels on you. I'm not getting drunk. Mm -hmm. I can mm -hmm. rub weed all over my body. I can eat tons of it. But if it's not activated, if the flower wasn't decarboxylated, wasn't mm -hmm. heated up enough to actually separate and make the THC able for my body to take, it's pointless. So I could have a, so, I could have like mm -hmm. a 10 million milligram CBD topical, but if it's not activated CBD, so basically it's the concept of if I just take a, a bud mm -hmm. and I eat it, I'm not going to get high. If I smoke it, I get high. Mm -hmm. If I bake with it, I get high. So what happens? What okay. happens is when we get it hot, when we smoke it, it decarboxylates the flour and actually makes it so that the, the THC can be absorbed by our body. When we eat it, we don't. It just goes through our stomach acid and our liver and taken away. But if we like almost smoke it before, if we bake with it, if we get it hot but not too hot, then it's activated. Then we get really, really high. Mm -hmm. So, and on the label, a lot of times people see some numbers and one will be THCA and one will be THC. They think THCA is active. It's actually the opposite. It's THC acid. It's the unactivated. It's what it would be before you smoke it. So if I have a mm -hmm. flower and it says like right. 15, 20% THC, it's really not yet. That's what it'll be once mm -hmm. I burn it and mm -hmm. actually start to smoke it. Um, so it's almost well, like, well, like wait, conversion. let me stop you really quickly. When you go into a weed store, they have, um, shatter and oil and concentrate and edibles and all these other things. And they do have labels on the bottle, like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but flour doesn't, or is that, or does it? So every state is different. Okay. And, uh, and like here in Washington, they do. Mm -hmm. And the part that's really difficult and frustrating is it says potency analysis. Mm -hmm. And THC content is not potency. Cannabis is not alcohol. You could, that's mm -hmm. why you can't OD on it. You can't die from doing mm -hmm. too much because it doesn't build up and build up. You'll eventually mm -hmm. just stop. Your body's like, no, I'm good. I can't really get too much higher. Okay. Uh, well, say I'm, say I'm brand new to yeah. weed and I, you know, cause somebody comes in from Colorado, so it's legal mm -hmm. here and they go into a weed shop and it's really overwhelming cause there's so many different, I actually have to read this to you. There's, yeah, there's different ways of, um, intaking marijuana. And so smoking, vaping, edibles, tinctures, topicals, dabbing, beverages, capsules, here's yep. it, suppositories, 
uh, sublingual yeah. strips, patches, and sprays. And so I'm like, oh my God, you can get your marijuana hit from taking a suppository. <laughs> and, and for women, there's front and back suppository. I saw that. Yeah. So, okay. Incorrectly so, labeled. <laughs> So where do we start? So if somebody wanted to experiment with it and they, and they want to have like a good experience, right? We don't want to go in the first time and take a bunch of candy and eat the whole thing and you're going to have a horrendous experience. And so how do people, um, figure out how to have a positive experience because too much of a good thing is, is, is not a good thing. Um, um, but if somebody's wanting to experiment with it to see if it is a good fit for them or if it helps them overcome pain or anxiety or depression or insomnia, where would you suggest that they begin? And I also want to preface this yeah. with you. You were a bud tender for you are and have been for a million years. Yeah. Yeah. So I was one, one of the first and one of the first people in Washington to get uh, uh, licensed as a cannabis medical cannabis consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, our, our group in our shop is one of the people that helped like form the test for how to become that because they they had no idea. So they came to us and they were like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Like, yeah, I was. Uh, in fact, so your question is probably one of the best ones and one that's really important for people right now. Uh, so the main thing to avoid is just trying too much at once. So mm-hmm. people do this where they'll be like, okay, I'm going to try this, 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 and this. You could always take more. You can't go backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it can the- be a horrible experiment experience with anxiety and um, yeah. paranoia. And um, it could be a horrible experience if somebody takes – it's like alcohol, right? Yeah. If you, if you go in and you have your first drink and you have five drinks, it's going to be different than having like a half a glass of wine. So with edibles specifically, because that's one of the main areas where it can get hard for people that are new. Mm-hmm. When you ingest cannabis, we're we're meant to eat and drink. We're not meant to smoke. Mm-hmm. Our physiological self, this our body doesn't want smoke. Small amounts, maybe a couple times a week, or for religious purposes, we could we could, our body can handle. Um, so really, no smoke is is the best smoke. Uh, but for people that are starting with the edibles, that's the dangerous part. Now, I'm going to start by saying no matter what, you're fine. You can't, there's no toxic level for humans with like THC. With some other things like dogs, it's different. Dog, they can go into toxic shock. It can be really bad. Mm-hmm. But for humans, I can eat 5,000 milligrams of THC right now and be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens is I will think I'm going to die. The feeling of taking too much um, edibles mm-hmm. is horrible. Your heart will start to race. You'll go into a panic attack. You start sweating. That's where you get people calling the, an ambulance saying, I'm dying. Mm-hmm. If you go to the hospital, there is no treatment. They just let, yeah. So my husband works in the pediatric yeah. intensive care unit and kids ingest edibles, which is, mm-hmm. here's a plug for everyone to be super responsible if they have them and careful. lock them up from their kids. Cause it, yeah is a terrifying experience that they don't really understand and there is no solution. They just have to kind of deal with it and yep. wait it out. And, um, it can be horrendous. So I think if anybody does have edibles and you have children that, that be responsible. 
you have you have a liquor cabinet, you have a gun cabinet. If you have a dangerous thing, you lock it up. Mm-hmm. Like it should it should be obvious, but most things aren't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's candy. Kids want candy. They see candy yeah. out, or they they see a candy bar or gummies. They're yeah. gonna eat. They're gonna eat a ton of them. So one of the things too is doses. So that's the mm-hmm. other thing. Is, well, how much is too much? Uh, nobody can straight up tell you this is how much you should take because mm-hmm. uh, everyone's metabolism is different. On average, twenty to thirty milligrams is a good starting dose to feel a little nice and relaxed, but not be too loopy. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, I just said feel nice and relaxed because there's no such thing as indica, sativa, or hybrid edibles. Your body, mm-hmm. can, your body cannot process the terpenes, the things that gives it the smell, that gives mm-hmm. it the directional high through your stomach acids and your liver. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what oil or what you use to make your edibles. And that's according to science. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence, but all the science says when you smoke it, those terpenes go in through your lungs. When okay. you eat it, it's destroyed by your liver and your acid. So it's always a body high. It's always going to make you a, a bit kind of loopy. So my understanding is different in that yeah. 10 milligrams is a really good starting point that everything in uh, Colorado comes in 10 milligram dosages, unless it, in recreational, not in, in, in medical. Um, and I have known people that five milligrams was enough. So I would mm-hmm. think that 30 would be really intense for somebody that's never tried it. Again, I think it's always best to start lower and then go higher. I think for some oh, people always. that I know, 20 milligrams would knock them out. Um, so, okay. Well, how long does it hit? Um, so if you take some and then you're like, I want to yeah. take a little bit more, how long do you wait before you think maybe, it, maybe it is an idea to take a little bit more? That's a really, really good question. Um, and it, and it, it plays off kind of what we were just saying, where you should always take less the first time. And the first time I actually tell people, take not enough to get you high. And if you have someone like, if, let's say if a friend of mine is going to try it for the first time, I'm going to give them a placebo the first time. I'm not going to give them the cannabis. I'm going to give them a regular candy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So please tell me how many people have gotten high off regular candy with you. <laughs> okay. I want you to guess first. I think a lot. I think a lot. Almost all of them. Oh my God. I love it. Almost. Uh, that's hilarious. All of them. Yep. And, and, and not doing it like trying to play a prank. It's because it helps people get over the initial fear, especially yeah. elderly. And I'm like, if your grandma or your grandpa is nervous about it the first time, give them a placebo. That's hilarious. And and you will <laughs> watch them have a reaction. Uh, but then you could mm-hmm. be like, now, see, you just got to calm down. Like, you know, that was, that, <laughs> and you don't even need to tell them that, that it had none. Just tell them that that one was mm-hmm. very low dose. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, because it helps people kind of break that initial fear. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the main mistake is it can take up to three to six hours to kick in. Mm-hmm. So, if so you, you don't want to wait a half an hour and then take another candy. No. <laughs> And any fat in your system will help the THC be absorbed by your body. So mm-hmm. if you had a big fatty meal, or if you had an empty stomach, you eat a bunch of cannabis, and then then go eat an omelet or an avocado or something, mm-hmm. you're going to get really high really quick. Mm-hmm. So some people will be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to go out to breakfast. I'm going to eat some edibles. And they'll eat the edibles. They won't feel it. They'll eat breakfast. And then they won't mm-hmm. be able to leave the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, I like that point because women and men get affected by um, marijuana differently. And so women, because they tend to have more fat on their body, tend to um, get high off of the same dosage a little bit faster. And so you would think it would be like by height and weight. So like a big, huge guy um, versus, you know, somebody that's smaller and petite, that's a different sex, that it would be different. And then, like you said, if they are eating fat with the marijuana that they're eating, or if they're taking it on yeah. an empty stomach. Well, yeah. And that, and that thing is we, we associate so much with alcohol. So like we see someone big and we think, oh, they can handle more. Mm-hmm. And with cannabis, that's not the case. It mm-hmm. really doesn't matter how big you are. Your the amount of blood in your body isn't so much a data point when you're doing the formula with cannabis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you want to suggest that people start with a really low dose and maybe that they just do one dose that first experience and not take more until another yeah. time. Your first experience should not be getting high. It should be mm-hmm. getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. It should be getting comfortable with the process that you're doing and being getting comfortable with your body and the situation. Mm-hmm. It's, think of it like a first date. Most people don't go all the way on a first date. Most people just feel it out. See who the person <laughs> is. See if they like it. See if mm-hmm. Mary Jane's someone they want in their life. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not. But if they go all crazy right off the bat, they might not fully understand what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and if we think about it like that, it, it helps. Is it a healthy relationship? Is it a toxic relationship? Because we all kind of have that differently. Um, and when you're starting, mm-hmm. that's a good question to ask. What relationship do you want with this thing? What do you want it to do? Well, I'd like to talk about that actually, because I think that marijuana can be misused. Oh, yeah. Um, and so there are different <laughs> levels of usage. And so what, I don't want to say what's appropriate because that would be different for every single person, but I definitely oh, think that person. There can be misuse and abuse of marijuana. And so can we talk a little bit about that and what that looks like and what to be careful? Because um, I think that's a really important piece. Super important piece and a very, very good question. Uh, and the number one pro- like problem even, you know, issue with cannabis is that it makes you okay with just being there. Now, that's also one of the best things. Mm-hmm. So many times if someone's having a panic attack and there's nothing going on wrong and they just need to be okay with being and doing nothing, it's, it's, a, it's a lifeline. Mm-hmm. But if maybe you should be learning a skill or trade or a hobby or progressing in life, you shouldn't just be smoking and doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So. Because it's funny. People say, well, I want it for creativity and motivation. Mm-hmm. But it's proven to lower motiv- like motivation. Mm-hmm. So uh, becoming that stereotypical stoner that just kind of like lays around and doesn't do anything, that's a big pitfall, pitfall to avoid. And especially when, when you're a young kid and you're going through high school and you should be doing, you should be learning. Your brain should be pretty active. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't just be smoking all the time. And if you're smoking all the time, you're not really getting high. So most, most smokers that smoke every day, many times a day, are maintaining a low-level high. Because mm-hmm. your body, if you, to get high, it has to be down. 
So mm-hmm. you're kind of just writing this semi-stoned and you're basically just kind of wasting it. As long as you're progressing in life, it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. If it's starting to hinder your life, it's not. So there's not really an mm-hmm. amount. It's how is your relationship with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to a concert and you're upset that you don't have any, you need to reevaluate how you feel about the music. Right. Can I have fun concert, without this? Yeah. If you're going to a concert and someone passes you a joint and you're like, oh, sweet. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be the focal point of anything. Um, but let's and, go back and, to that anxiety um, example. So yeah. somebody, somebody may be taking um, cannabis for anxiety mm-hmm. and that helps kind of calm the nerves. But wouldn't that be a little bit of a crutch versus finding out what's creating the anxiety and dealing with, with it in a healthier way? That exact thing will be that exact question will be posed to anyone on anti-anxiety medications, mm-hmm. including myself. So, and and so I because I never want to speak for anyone else's experiences, but for mm-hmm. my own, a massive uh, anxiety, and it's not from trauma. I just ever mm-hmm. since I was a little kid, always afraid I was going to get attacked by something. Now, the cannabis is a bit of a crutch, but it also helps me not freak out and enjoy my day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what if, what if you were in a situation where for a month you weren't able to have access to cannabis, how would that affect your anxiety? So uh, I would actually look at it the exact same way as if I had no more of my anti-anxiety medication. At first, the knowledge that I don't have it would make me anxious. Similar to someone with an inhaler, the second they realize it's not on them, they mm-hmm. might go into a, an asthma attack mm-hmm. uh, because like your body can create that. Uh, which, you know, just happens. So what I would say is even when I'm on the medication, I have to make sure that I'm doing other stuff, meditation, breathing practices, other things to help me relax because it will not always be there. Mm-hmm. I might not have access to it. It's a helpful tool. But if you, like I say, if, if that crutch is the only way you can get around, that's, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be a bit tough, but I'll tell people, Always be prepared to not have access to your medicine. So would it be better for somebody to never start cannabis use? No, no. In fact, like ev- <laughs> always that within reason, everyone should do it. it why, do you, why do you say that? Because it's basically a, a gift from the universe to say, enjoy your life. Here, mm-hmm. Here's this thing that not only you can use to enrich your life. You could use it for all this stuff. You could use it for survival. You can eat it. But you can also use it to appreciate what's around you. Because there's so many people I know that spend so much of the day angry and frustrated and, and upset. And then, you know, they take a little hit and you go, hey, you know what? Why was I mad at that thing? It wasn't mm-hmm. really a big deal. And mm-hmm. it's not that they're thinking incorrectly. They're, thinking, they're finally thinking clear. They're finally able to say, what does matter? You know, I, I just, why did I flip that guy off when he accidentally cut me off? Mm-hmm. Like what, what good mm-hmm. did that do to the world? Yeah. Um, I was doing some research before we chatted and September 13th, 2023, the DEA is now considering moving marijuana to schedule three. What I didn't know, which is in the same category as ketamine and testosterone. Um, so currently um, cannabis marijuana is a schedule one, um, 
with the DEA. And I have to say, I didn't know this, but it is in the same category as heroin, LSD, ecstasy, and peyote. Here's the kicker, right? It is ranked. So schedule one, marijuana, cannabis is schedule one. It is ranked higher than fentanyl, cocaine, methamphetamine, methadone. And in that category too, is oxy, um, oxycontin, Adderall, and Ritalin. So (laughs) when they look at scheduling narcotics, a schedule one is basically saying there's no accept, um, accepted medical use mm-hmm. and there's a high risk of abuse. So it's crazy to me. I realized it was a schedule one, but when I started looking into those schedule twos, I was like, oh my God, holy shit. Yeah. Because, um, I, I just can't even wrap my head around that. And, and because marijuana is medically, medical marijuana is approved in so many states, it's shocking that it's a schedule one. Um, but so this is, this is, this is something that's in the works right now. And what I found interesting is if it gets moved to a level three, so we're not even going to two, we're going to go jump from one to three. Um, then there's the ability for things to move across state lines. Um, and then I'm, I'm most curious about how this is going to turn out because then the government isn't going to have as much ability to regulate. Um, and I, I just find it fascinating. I know that the marijuana industry, the cannabis industry brings in millions of dollars to each state and um, for for programs that are beneficial to each state. And so it's just apparently. interesting to me. Apparently. apparently. So I, I just, I can't believe it's a schedule one still, like in this day and yeah. age. Um, I, I feel like even alcohol has higher potential for abuse and misuse. It's a literal point. Yeah. And so, um, so what do you think about all that? I, I, I was blown away actually. Yeah. There it's because there's not, we're not using science, logic, and reason to classify our drugs. We're using how we can fill our prisons and by proxy get a slave market going mm-hmm. because that's what our prison system is. It's the ability to keep slavery going. It's the new slave system. That's why it's in the constitution that slavery is only allowed if you're a prisoner. And the majority of people in our prison are in drug-related offenses. The majority of those offenses mm-hmm. are nonviolent. That means the majority of people in prison should not be there. Mm-hmm. Weren't a bunch of people released, though? Not um, enough. No? Not enough. Like, how, what was the story behind that? It was a few people, but it wasn't, wasn't big. And then so what? You let a few go, but you still have people in prison from the 60s and 70s that got caught with a joint for the rest of their lives? Mm-hmm. Like they're letting modern people go, but not older mm-hmm. ones, and it's more of a political stunt. Because um, that's been know, we, it's been Schedule One yeah. since nineteen seventies, and it did affect it did disproportionately affect the minority um, population. So let's pull that Yeah, because we wanted more slaves, we mm-hmm. wanted more people in the prison. I would say we. I don't mean us. I mean the, right. the American politics, mm-hmm. and that's why they kept it Schedule One. If you look at almost all, I mean, the major killings of unarmed minorities, and I'm, I'm going to say almost all of them, it was a drug-related charge. Mm-hmm. They were coming to serve a drug warrant. They were, a no-knock drug warrant. Um, I mean, we have come a long way in the last long um, way. 20 years. Long way. 10 years. Even the last 10 years, we've come a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I see exponential potential for, for, for like legality and freedom. I see in the next 
well, not in the next five, but depending on who becomes president afterwards, a lot can change. Mm -hmm. And I know when before marijuana was legal, um, there's all these myths and facts. But one of them was that um, it was stronger, and it's actually stronger oh, yeah. oh, now. That's a good one. Um, so let's talk about some of the myths and the facts out there um, so that people have correct information. Yeah. So earlier when I said uh, TAC potency isn't strength, that plays in the way you're saying. So I'll hear this on the news. And they were, even saying, they were saying this stuff even in the 70s. They were like, the cannabis now is 3%. Our stuff was 1%. Mm -hmm. Well, first off, again, the, the number isn't a 25% flower. Is not going to get you twice as high as a 12.5% flower. In fact, the 12.5% flower might get you way more high. And that's because mm -hmm. THC is one chemical compound. It can only produce one type of effect, a very light kind of spacey head high. That's it. I've smoked 99.99999% THC and then had to smoke a, a flower, a bowl of flour that was about 16% to get high. Mm -hmm. And the reason is they, there's a couple of terms they call the entourage effect. All the other cannabinoids and the terpenes. So when I smell lavender, I'm relaxed. There's no, there's no THC in lavender. But mm -hmm. there's a chemical compound, linalol. That same compound in lavender is found in a lot of cannabis strains. That's relaxing. So when we smoke it, I get nice and relaxed. So mm -hmm. if there's a lower THC and higher terpene content, Specific ones like lavender, myrcene, carophylline. I'm going to get really stoned. So people I'm, should look at the terpenes versus the yes. THC? And unfortunately, most places don't put the terpene profile on there. That's really the only thing I want to see on flour. I don't need to see if it's higher, lower in THC because that really doesn't matter that much. Mm -hmm. So with the THC numbers, it, I should preface this by saying, even if the numbers are high, that doesn't mean you're getting what was tested. You're not. They do maybe one gram for maybe one to five pounds that they picked. It's a very mm -hmm. specific one. And almost always the top of the plant is going to be the highest and most concentrated uh, where all mm -hmm. the cannabinoids are. The so bottom, let's pick that. Let's yeah. pick that and test that. Yeah. And numbers. Anything over 30 is pretty much a lie. And I could say that just very, very um, confidently because Keith tests around 30%. When you just get like a little jar of keef with none of the flour in it. Mm -hmm. that's what is so tell, tell people what so, that is. So keef is a term for the, the trichomes. So when mm -hmm. the flower is growing, it produces little hairs. So it's called a trichome. That's what holds mm -hmm. the cannabinoids. That's what holds a lot of the terpenes and the smells because a plant wants to protect itself either from mm -hmm. the weather or for bugs. So it's going to produce a terpene or smell to attract a bug or mm -hmm. to not have one. Some bugs don't like citrus. Some don't like lavender. Some do. Some don't like sticky. Why is it sticky? Well, if I'm a deer and I go to eat it and I go, ah, I'm going to stop eating it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like all these plants produce smells to either attract or push something off. And those are really what gives us more, you know, those higher effects. And those little, the little tiny hairs that protect yeah. the plant. Yeah, that, that, that come off. So if I separate those hairs from the plant, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm creating any form of hash, really. And that, when it comes off, is usually just called keep. So if I cut down a plant, I dry it out, I let it hang, and I, you know, look down and there's a whole bunch of white dust, 
So that's that mm -hmm. key. That's all those coming off. Okay. If I took that white dust and I condensed it and pressed it together, you would get the traditional hash, like Lebanese blonde or the old school hash. Mm -hmm. um, and now they use like butane or CO2 to pull all the trichomes, to separate all those little hairs. It only has so much room to grow those trichomes. Mm -hmm. So like 32, 30% is really the max because otherwise it, it would just be a crystal. Right. Yeah. Oh, and then the, when they're like, oh, it's stronger now. So we just said potency is in strength. And the weed they're talking about was Kansas ditch weed. That's still one to 2% mm -hmm. that they were testing back in the day. It's still that. So the weed hasn't really changed. There's more access to better stuff now, mm -hmm. but people were smoking great stuff, at least on the, on the West coast mm -hmm. uh, for a long time. What about no, so with, with edibles though? I, I have heard that they get sprayed um, and that they're not consistent. So if somebody buys a pack that has say 12 edibles in them, they're, they're not necessarily the same strength. Is that true? So it can be. Uh, and the spray, it almost sounds bad. Like, what are, you, what are you spraying with? What they'll usually do is it kind of atomizes a distillate. It's basically like making um, a, a, like a sugar spray of your mm -hmm. concentrate so that you can, you can put it on the top and you don't have to put it on the inside. If you do it correctly, it's very accurate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But okay. for example, if I get a gummy and I cut it in half, all the cannabis, all the concentrate might be in one small point of that gummy. Mm -hmm. So it mm -hmm. might not be fully mixed in. Interesting. Uh, so that's why some edibles might hit you quicker or faster is how did you get to the oil? Was it on mm -hmm. the outside? Was it on the inside? If it's a capsule, I, my body needs to eat through the capsule before it gets in me. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of factors that come into that. Uh, and you would suggest people start with eating something? I, start, I say start with eating placebo the first time. No more than definitely never go over 20 milligrams the first time. Mm -hmm. just, just don't do it. So that's the tricky part is that... Um... Some people will go into the store to buy cannabis to calm them down or to work with insomnia. Um, so how do they get the specific strains that are targeting specific things? Or is that just not a... Well, so that, that's tough because it's strain specific if you're smoking it. It's mm -hmm. oh, not so much strain specific if you're eating it. If you're eating it, it's more about the, the cannabinoids, less about the terpenes. It's really more about the THC, the CBD, CBG, CBN, and less about what types of terpenes are in there. Um, now, all that's still a factor with, with the flower, but with the edibles, that's more of the concern. Um, and so what are and, the terpenes going to give somebody with the flower that they won't get with edibles? Yeah. Yeah. You could eat, you can ingest all the terpenes in the world, but according to the science, your body doesn't actually process them like you do when you smoke them or mm -hmm. when you breathe them. That, that's why a lot of the, uh, um, the, the smells you know, like you can buy at the shops, like you smell like, Oh yeah, no, I feel uplifted or I feel calm. Mm -hmm. But if you drank it, it really wouldn't do the same. Mm -hmm. uh, so the flower is more specific for spe like maybe anxiety, insomnia, yeah. things like that. Yeah. And well, for insomnia, one of the best things I recommend is, uh, uh, some good THC, but CBN is a mm -hmm. cannabinoid that really helps you stay asleep because THC will actually help you avoid REM sleep. 
when you mm. need REM sleep. So that's why a lot of cannabis smokers don't have a lot of dreams, which is one of the reasons I smoke cannabis, because I have horrible dreams. I have really bad dream nightmares. Mm-hmm. So when I smoke, I don't have them. But I also so don't what is, what is CBN? So it's, it's not go like too much into it because they're all very complicated. Okay. Basically, the nice thing about that cannabinoid is it doesn't necessarily make you super drowsy, but it helps you stay asleep so that you don't keep waking up. So the, the THC will make you a little sleepy. And then the CBN, and I say should because I don't want to dispense medical information, uh, mm-hmm. make it so you don't keep waking up because that's, what, that's one of the worst. It is the worst. What is the form that CBN comes in? Yeah. So um, you can get it just about anything. Uh, I usually prefer just the straight activated. I like CO2 oil a lot, but otherwise I'll get some gummies because by sucking okay. on them, they get in my bloodstream in my mouth and under my tongue really fast. So I think gummies are one of the mm-hmm. better forms, but you mm-hmm. also don't want too much sugar, you know, all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. If you use a tincture, mm-hmm. so that's like basically any of the oils watered down, you have to let it stay in the mouth. They're designed to be absorbed in the mouth. Mm-hmm. I've seen people just drink them. I was like, well, you just wasted all that. Oh, interesting. So it's got to kind of mellow out yeah. in your mouth. Yeah. It's like, it's like read the directions. Mm-hmm. But I have seen some that give incorrect directions. Like a suppository <laughs> meant for women, not saying where you're supposed to put it. My God. <laughs> it led to some very funny phone calls. And you can't assume, you can't assume that people know. <laughs> oh my God. So if somebody wants CBN, is that labeled? Yeah, yeah, it should be. Because it's kind of hard to isolate. So it would be something that they'd be promoting. The package would be like, okay. great for nighttime, CBN. And uh, mm-hmm. any, anything over five milligrams is good, but like 20 is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wake up less groggy and more just alert. More like, wow, I, I feel good. Where if you have more THC, you can wake up pretty stoned still. Okay. Um, and that kind of negates the whole point of a good night's rest. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wake up and you can barely open your eyes, what's the point? And then when you talked about CBD, not working unless it's been activated and so most of the stuff that you get online or you get mailed to you or you get your you cbd deodorant <laughs> yeah. um that's a bunch of bs so how 100%. would somebody find activated cbd and actually know that that's what they're getting and what are the uses for that yeah so to actually find it fully activated the only source that i've been able to prove is from an actual cannabis store because it had to be tested by the state, which is not a supplement group. So mm-hmm. it had to, they had to prove to the state it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Outside of an actual cannabis dispensary or store, I have found no activated CBD products. I would like to, and I put mm-hmm. this to anybody listening, if you know of one, please you know, contact or figure it out and get me the information. And I'll do some research because... As of now, and, you know, it's not like I've just kind of slightly looked, I've really dug hard and pressed people on this. And mm-hmm. especially with the, with the dog stuff. And it's just all fake. This has been such fun, Graham. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Same. And just so I got to say, you asked some really, really good questions that a lot mm-hmm. of people don't ask. Most people just assume and take everything. And I was, to, uh, as fact, my favorite statistic. 70% of people will believe anything you say if you say it with confidence. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a make-belief statistic. 
but it works. <laughs> I like it. That's yeah. a good way to end this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, it's been such fun. Yeah. Um, I've learned amazing. a lot and I thank you so much. And I, I think that what you have to share is, is valuable, especially for people that have no knowledge of this or just kind of dipping their toes in it and yeah. um, have a curiosity about it. Yeah. And, and we touched on a lot of things. So when people come and have other follow-up questions, I'm always here for you. Mm-hmm. And if people want to get in touch with you, how would they? So there, there's a few ways. And because I do so many things on so many different platforms, uh, the only one of like the main way to get a hold of me is through my email, the storyteller.gb at gmail.com. Because that, that's like my number one. All my things go to that. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So if somebody has some specific questions, they can shoot them over to you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you're the best. And don't get frustrated if I don't answer right away. Give it a moment. So, yeah. Don't yeah, feel like, you didn't get back to me. It's been two minutes. Well, like, okay. Yeah. Give, give, time you, to give me a couple it. days. Yeah. <laughs> give you some grace. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Graham. I appreciate Absolutely. it. It's been super fun. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. All righty. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Connected Community Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share, and subscribe. I can be found at www.nikkiyyoga.com, N-I-C-K-Y-Y-Y-O-G-A.com. Until I see you again next week, I hope you have a beautiful day.